0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. And I really appreciate all that you're doing and following through on that message, which was to uh, come and worship God because God is worthy to be praised, isn't he? And so uh, you've been coming uh, early. You've been coming to get in here on time. Um, as in spite of the fellowship and things like that, which is good. And I, I really appreciate that. And you're worshiping more enthusiastic now than you uh, were at one time. And that, that's, that's, that, that, that means that the word of God is working. isn't? It's is working. And so keep it up because God is very much pleased. This series is called If the Son of God Makes You Free. So, We are on our third message on this series and I'm excited about it uh, because it gives me an opportunity for God to speak to me about areas in my life that I need uh, to break some habits and we can call those bondages or uh, we can call them strongholds, we can call them anything we want to. Habits sound better, doesn't it? Uh, But um, we want to continue with that now let's review just a little bit. Last week we talked about three things and let's review just one, of one or two or three of those things. One of them is that we said that sin, sin is when we miss the purpose and the scope of what God has for us. We miss the purpose and the scope of what God purposed for us, which is to glorify him. See, the scripture says in Isaiah 43, verse 7, is that we were created for his glory. For his glory. And we said also that whatever is not of faith is sin. And we know that as we talked last week, that the 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 Bible is God's word and if we trust in God's word enough to be obedient to God's word that is faith that's faith trusting in God But we need to trust in God enough to be obedient so I can say I trust God but if I don't obey then I don't trust him enough to obey. So we need to be obedient to the, to the word of God because everything in this Bible is God-breathed. So if I learn what God is saying and I stay on his purpose and his scope for my life, which is to glorify him, then I can stay out of sin. And that's the purpose. The second thing we said last week is that we don't have to sin every day. We don't have to sin every week. We don't have to sin every month. We don't have to be in continuous sin, in other words. And the enemy would like us to think that we would never get out of sinning every day, all day, every minute of the day, because we think bad thoughts sometimes. Now, I want to let you know that just because a thought is in my mind that's not wholesome doesn't mean that I have sinned, because the enemy puts thoughts in our minds, I don't have to act on any thought, right? Don't have to act on any thought. He might try to put a thought in my mind to, to do whatever. I don't have to act on it, because I know what the scripture says. Because the scripture tells me that I can cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So if I can bring every thought to the obedience of Christ, obviously, I don't have to sin. Because if a thought comes that's not according to his word, I can bring that thought captive to the obedience of Christ, to the word of God. Christ is the word of God. Do we understand where where we're coming from? That was last week. And we ended up last week saying that we want to do one thing that God, I believe, is telling us all, which is to don't get caught up into a a spirit of complaining. Complaining. You remember that? A negative attitude. A critical spirit. Don't fall prey to, to that. You don't want to, you don't want to be uh, constantly around someone without trying to help them if they uh, have a negative spirit, a negative attitude, a, a critical spirit, a spirit of complaining. Because God has called us not to complain. He said that in Philippians chapter two verse fourteen, he'll tell us do everything. He does some things, everything without complaining and grumbling. That's what he says. Murmuring, complaining. Do everything without that. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5:16, 17, 18, it says that pray without ceasing. It says that uh, we're supposed to give thanks always, pray without ceasing. And it says that in everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's what he said. So, If he tells me in everything I'm supposed to give thanks, if he tells me do not complain and murmur, then we said last week we have some adjustments, let's call it adjustments to do. Because I know I told you that I was the chief offender of that. And. I know that I was not the only one in the room. I know that. So we said, let's practice together. Let's uh, jog together. Let's exercise together. It's in, in in, you know, just in a natural uh, standpoint. If we were going to try to, uh, say, get in shape, I, w- I would want somebody to be with me, to exercise with me. If I was going uh, to learn how to ride and a bike and everything, wanted to start getting into riding miles, I I would ask Steve, "Hey Steve, would you come uh, and and help me? Uh, Maybe I I can go with you because, see, when I get tired, when I don't want to go, when it might be a little bit of cloudy outside, and and I've gotten to bed late, rather than using an excuse, uh, Steve is waiting on me, so therefore I, I I will do it because I know Steve is doing it also." So I said, would you exercise with me, in other words, figuratively, would you, would you uh, work on this with me in being a person that we're going to cut out some of, I know you all don't do it like I do, but would you cut out a little bit, just a little bit of, of your complaining, just a little bit, you know, because I know you only have just a little bit. Uh, uh, would you cut out some of that? With me, and, and so that when, when you see me, you can encourage me. How you're coming along uh, with being a positive person? You know, the glass is—it's not half empty. I said it's, it's half full. You know, today is a beautiful day outside in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, just because they got—they got, they have an activity out there on Wars Road and everything, uh, where, the, where the people are gonna stand and, and uh, you know uh, pray and everything like that. Uh, against abortion and stuff. I say, it's a beautiful day outside. Well, it's drizzling a little bit. It's a beautiful day outside. It's not snowing. Right? In everything, I can give thanks. Right? Yeah, it's not thunder and lightning. It could be thunder and lightning, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to hold up no umbrella and thunder and lightning, you know. Yeah. So, in everything, I can give thanks. Would y'all join me in that? That's what we said last week. And so I know that, that y'all didn't forget that. Just like you didn't forget that we're going to you know, get here. So when 1030, when the music starts, we are ready to praise God. So now, when things don't go our way, we're going to, in everything, we're going to give thanks. Right? I didn't say for everything. Did I say for everything? I said in everything. That's a difference. I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna give thanks for a flat tire. I'm not gonna give thanks because my because my uh, my car will start. I'm not giving thanks because it blew up. No, huh. but I can give thanks that it didn't blow me up. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was last week. That was last week. Want to catch the, you know people up that might not have been here so we know where we where we are. Today's message. We are dealing with we want to get to the root the root of a bondage issue let's get to the root of a bondage issue okay I didn't say the bondage issue is just a bondage issue because there are many things that enemy try to get us bondage to and bondage to so let's get to the root of a bondage issue let me let me see can I give them those Illustration. I know, I know you know if we cut a bush off a little bit and, and it looks like it's going to die and everything, it, it will grow back as long as you don't get the root. But if you pull that thing up, if you put a chain around it, hook it to your car and pull that, that, that hedge bush up, it's not coming back because you got it up by the roots. right? Okay. I had an experience of I was cutting some hedges out there. And that bush that you don't think you're supposed to cut, I cut that thing. I mean, I cut it and I just cut it. And after a while, we came one day and Minerva said, Minerva's my wife. Minerva said, What happened to that bush? It's brown. It's dying. I said, Well, I trimmed it. She said, I can't believe that. You're going to go kill stuff in the church. You know, you kill my bush and you're going to go kill stuff in the <laughs> church. You know. <laughs> Well, it'll grow back because I didn't get the roots. Didn't get the roots. And now it's turned all green. It looks nice, you know. And she said, well, yeah, but it doesn't have the shape of the other one on the other side. Okay. Yeah, but it's going it's, it's, it's to get there. You wait about three or four years, you know. It'll have the same shape. <laughs> same shape, you know. It's going to be there. Well, I, 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 um, I thought about something. I was trying to get rid of these flowers that grow around our lamp pole that we didn't plant. They, they come up and they stay a short period of time. I mean, it's a hot second. Man, I mean, it might be a week. If it lasts a week, I don't know. They come up, they're so, be- they're so beautiful in the, spring, in the spring. They're called tulips. They come up, oh, they're so beautiful. Oh, they're so beautiful. And then it's like next week the things are dead. I'm saying That's, it makes the garden, the flower garden look bad. So I'm gonna cut them up. I'm gonna cut these things off. They're never gonna grow back. The next year they grow back. I said, well, "What is wrong with this thing, Martin?" And somebody told me, "Oh, they got bugs." And I said, bulbs. What's a bulb? A bulb is a is a is a, a plant un, un, underneath the ground. It's gonna keep producing every year. I said, well, these little things right here. I, so I started digging them up, and I mean, they, they were, oh man, I mean, it's like 50 of those things all around there. I said, oh my goodness gracious, I can't believe this, you know, and and I looked it up on the internet. Do you know these bulbs? Each one of them, it has everything in this thing that this, this picture says. It's in it. It's in the bulb. So if I want to get rid of this bulb, get rid of this tulip, what do I have to do? Dig it up. Dig it up. Well, let's dig up one thing. We've got three things we want to dig up. Okay? Because we're not going to just cut it off. Because, when, you know what happens when you cut it off? What happens? It grows back. Do you know that, that we, have, we, we have habits that we say, we're not going to do this again. And before you know it, next month, next we're doing it again. We're going to dig these things up. Okay? We're going to get our little spatula. We're going to dig this thing up. This, this is called a tulip. Okay, the first thing we're going to dig up is called, hypothetically, let's call it a tulip, uh, is Rebellion. Okay? Just, just, we are not going to allow Satan to get us in rebellion. Rebellion, let, let's give you a better word for it because rebellion doesn't sound good, does it? Uh, let, let's, let's say disobedience. Doesn't that sound good? Disobedience. It sounds much better, doesn't it? Disobedience. 'Cause everybody's disobedient. Some it was something, right? But rebellious to sound like, whoa, man, I'm in the I'm in the Satan camp now. But but see, we know that in First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, somewhere in that neighborhood, it'll tell us that rebellion is as the sin. Come on. Of divination or in the King James said witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Satan wants to get us there. He wants to get us there. We're not going there, are we? We're not going there. We're going to be obedient to God, aren't we? Whatever God says, and we find out what he says, we are going to do everything we can to yield to do it. Is that correct? We're not going to be in rebellion. Because we know that, that that he was talking about one of the kings who just didn't want to do right. And so he told the prophet told him that. And it says that stubbornness, I'd rather be stubborn than be rebellious, wouldn't you? Well, not, not if you look at that, do you? <laughs> because it says that stubbornness is as the sin of iniquity. Ooh. And see, uh, I have three daughters. And one of them, uh, Brandy, you might know her, some of you do, uh, guests don't. But she tells me like it is. She tells me, Dad, you are stubborn. You don't listen to me. I try to tell you stuff, and you just do what you want to do. Why should I tell you anything? Because you're going to do what you want to do anyway. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I know, I know I'm the only one in here like that. Yeah. But I know that I'm stubborn in some ways. I know that. But I know I don't want to be. I want to I dig this bulb up because I don't want to be known in the heavenlies as a stubborn man because it is sin if I'm stubborn against the word of God. Does it matter who gives you the Word of God? Does it matter if your daughter gives you the Word of God? Does it matter if your son gives you the Word of God? Does it matter their age? Huh? If they give you the Word of God, is it okay, Julie, for Addison to give you the Word of God and you say, I'll be obedient to that, Addison? Or will we be stubborn and say, Hey, who do you think you are? You're not even ten years old yet, right? And if it was a, if it was a boy, sometimes we say, "Man, you don't even have any hair on your chest, and you're gonna tell me what to what to do? Huh? You're not old enough to do nothing. You know, you can't even you can't even feed yourself, right?" I have to feed you because if I didn't work and have food in this house, you would starve. Do you know that we don't say that, but it's hard for us time to listen to our children. It's hard for us time to listen to each other. The only people we listen to a lot of times are the people who are very close to us, whoever we have a relationship with, who we respect enough We'll listen to them after we try to tell them all that we want to tell them. They won't listen, you know, and they say, no, still, no, 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 you're this way. You need to cut it out. Um, You receive that. But we're supposed to receive the word of God. I don't care who it's from. I don't care if it's an unsaved person and they give you the word of God because unsaved people know the word of God. Do you understand that? Some of them do. Uh, if Satan knows the word of God, you know. Some unsaved people know the word of God. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they've they been, you know, they, they brought up their grandmama, took them, to, took, took them to Sunday school, right? When they were young. I don't want to be stubborn. I don't. That's, we'll call that the tulip. Now, here's a another one. This one is I don't know. I, let's do this one this, this way. This one is a, these are little bit of things here. Uh, but they're still called what? Bubs. They're they, isn't that they pretty? They're Irish. But the Irish, I'm going to call Irish this morning these bubs that we need to get to the root of I'm going to call that Wanting to have my way. It's similar, to, it's, it's similar to, 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 to over there, but it's not quite the same. You know, the flower inside is different. How many of you really want to have your way sometimes? Okay, five of us. That's good. That's good. That's good. I want to have my way, I'm going to tell you, all the time. All the time. Is that a bad thing? It is if, it, if my way is not what? God's ways, right? Yeah. But see, there, there are so many things, come on now, there are so many things that doesn't go against the word of God that I want to have my way. I like the dishwasher loaded a certain way. I put the spoons in an in area, the forks in an area, the knives in an area, the, the little things I feed, the little, Minerva feeds the little cat with in an area, and if they get out of the area, then I'm, I'm going to change them. I like things, if you're going to load it in the dishwasher, then load it my way. <laughs> right? I, I know y'all can't relate to that. I know y'all can't relate to that. The bathroom tissue, I want it coming off this way. I don't want it going that way. I mean, I mean, hey, I'm just telling it like it is. Yeah. 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 My daughter used my bathroom sometime, and, and uh, I came in this morning, and, and, and the paper was going that way. I said, man, I took it off and put it the other way. Yeah. I didn't need to use it, but I said i'm just it doesn't it's not right, not like I want it, yeah, Anybody with me here yeah, I'm telling you, yeah but that 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 it might sound like it's it's just a these are just little bulbs, these are just little bulbs, you know man it's not a big bulb, you know, it's just a little one, yeah, but <laughs> I'm telling you, it causes problems in relationships when you want your way. And it doesn't matter what way the paper is, is coming off. Is it paper? Yeah? What matter, does it matter how you load the dishwasher? I load it this way, Minerva load that way, uh, you know, camera load that way. What, what does it matter? The dishes are getting washed. Right? What is your problem? It's not dealing with the word of God. So Brandon tells me, you know, so and she says, see, you know, you know, you you got a problem. <laughs> and I do, you know. I don't know, I come in here on Wednesday mornings, I come in here, and I come through that I come through this door and I said, What's wrong with the light switch? I go over there, I said. This light switches up. Why is it up? The worship team, somebody put it up. You know, somebody put it up. And then they got this one back there in the sound booth up. And, and then they, these two down here, down, they're supposed to be up. I said, well, what's the deal? So last night when Minerva was out over here praying, I said, Minerva, go over there and cut that light right there off. And I cut this off right here so be the, the switches will be right. Now, I'm I'm just, I, I, I'm just being real now. I'm just being real because, see, some of you say, you know, this dude. Why is he up there talking to us? Because he got a problem. <laughs> I'm glad they have the, I'm glad they having a the freedom weekend. He needs to be free. <laughs> and see, Brandon knows that. I think you call. What do you call that? I know it's a fanatic, but. What do you call it when a person got to have this this way? Obsession, huh? Oh, okay, that, that, this, we got a counselor in here. Okay, Obs- obsessive compulsive. Di- oh, <laughs> she says a disorder. <laughs> I can't believe you said that obsessive is bad enough, compulsive is, is real bad, but then disorder, come on, come on, come on. But does it need to, do I need to be free? It's okay to say yes. Do I need to be free? Yes, okay, I need to be it, Does it have anything to do with sin? No, don't have anything to do with sin. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, a lot of times I just want things my way. But see, don't you know in a marriage it can cause a problem because see the way Minerva grew up, uh, when she would um, make a sandwich and you know the mayonnaise and like that, she would use a butcher knife to to to, pay, to take the mayonnaise out and spread it on the bread. That's a a butcher knife. What? What are you gonna do? Well, it's not a we're not carving a turkey here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> use just a little butter knife, girl. Come on. It took me a long time to break up that boy. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tell i serious. I'm serious. It's it just, y- y'all know what I'm talking about, right? In marriages, it can cause problems. In families in with your children, it can cause problems. In relationships, in ministry, because we can, we minister together, whether it be the coffee ministry, whether it be the children ministry, whether worship ministry, I don't care what it is, it can cause problems when you, when you have somebody. That has, you know, they have these little bulbs under the ground, and you don't know it until you get administered with them, and you say, "Ooh, <laughs> this 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 is an interesting flower that came up here, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I need to be free, okay? Linda, come on up. You have a. Um, you, a breakthrough that she had, uh and I'm sure that y'all can track with her, okay, y'all can track with her, yes, indeed, you may use that one. I got the one I want. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it took 67 years to get there. So I just want to encourage you that it doesn't matter what it is you're going through, any issue, even issues that you don't know about yet, God has freedom for you. So I just want to give you a little foundation. Um, My mother and dad, you probably heard some of this before, but my mother and dad divorced when I was two. And so that opens a door for the enemy to step into a relationship. And like Pastor was saying, that makes a difference as to how we're growing up. And it makes a difference in the sense that Satan has been given permission to put within me an orphan spirit because I was without a dad. And we all know that dads represent our Heavenly Father. And you guys, I'll tell you, all the time. You are so important. So, so, so important. And so my mother remarried when I was six. And the man she married, my stepdad, I didn't realize it at the time, but, and I just really realized this recently, that he actually has PTSD from World War II. And I didn't know that. None of us knew that. But now... Well, it's when someone goes overseas, goes in a war, and they experience killings and abuse and all kinds of things. Our God didn't create us to be that way. And so we struggle within us with these issues because that's not who we are. We're spirit beings. We're created in God's image. And He didn't, my dad was very, uh, tough. I'll say tough. Um, if you didn't do something right, you got punished for it. My brothers would get beat. I never got beat as far as him, you know, with his fists or anything. But if I didn't do well at school, we would all go downstairs and get put over his knee and get a whooping with the belt. And I always thought, is this going to make me smarter, <laughs> you know? But those are just some of the kind of things that as far as a loving dad which is who our Heavenly Father is, and you guys are examples of. I didn't have that growing up. So I grew up up not knowing love, God's love. And so it affected my life. I got saved when I was 30. Jim and I got married 14 years later. And within that 14-year period, I had gotten very close to God. I was in His Word all the time. And I just, you know, I was meditating on him all the time. I mean, he was it for me because now I found love, right? I mean, that's the ultimate. So when Jim and I got married, I just want to say at this point, please be careful what you pray for because you probably will get it. So when Jim and I got married, I was very much in love, and the first year of our marriage was absolute bliss. And Jim was taking time away from me that I used to give to God. So I began to feel guilty about it. So one day I said, Lord, will you please show me something about Jim wrong so that I don't have him on this pedestal that you belong on? Well, that was an open door to the enemy because God didn't want me looking at Jim in any way other than how he saw Jim. So when that door was opened, we've been married now 20 years in April. 19 of those 20 years, I had a critical spirit where all I could do was see what was wrong with Jim. And I thought everything that was wrong was because he was doing something. That I didn't think was right. I had a perfectionist spirit, which I see now really is an antichrist spirit, if you will, because he's the only one who's perfect, right? And I was trying to be God, but I was looking at Jim not through God's eyes. So I wanted to leave. I did leave a couple times, I don't know, three times, Jim? But I was like, I just can't take this anymore. So three times I left, but I came back because I had made a covenant with God and I had made a covenant with Jim. And I just knew somewhere, somehow, God would be able to heal this relationship unbeknownst to me that I was responsible for. So earlier this year, um, I went to a conference down in North Carolina, and it had to do with the arts. And I bought some books, and one of the books that I bought had to do with that spirit, that perfectionist spirit. I didn't know it at the time that that's what it was about, and I didn't know at the time that I had that spirit. So this was back in, I don't know, early spring. But anyway, I didn't read this book up until this past month, actually the end of September. And before I got done reading the book, I realized that I had a spirit of perfectionism. And when I realized that I was the one who had the issues and not Jim, I just, I had to repent to God, you know, as I said, oh my goodness, I'm the problem. <laughs> really? <laughs> Me? <laughs> and so they had a prayer at the end of the book, which I read out loud, and You know, all through the 19 years, I just, you know, I kept praying, God, will you change him? Please, will you change him? Will you open the eyes of his heart? Make him see what he's doing, you know? And I I just, I would plead with God. And I'd say, Lord, how long is this going to take? You know, if it takes forever, really? And so when I had the eyes of my heart opened, I knew that there was something that I could do about it. And so I was able to repent. And I'm telling you, like Pastor, like these bulbs, one thing I have to say, as human beings, we look at sin even different than what God does because we look at your sin being worse than mine. You know, I never did. I would never do that. You know, how could they do that? But to God, sin is sin, and sin is what separates us from him. And so we want to be closer to God as much as we can, but we don't realize that maybe we're the ones in the way. We keep saying, God, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And he's saying, I'm waiting for you, because he's already done it all, you know. And so I just, I just want to say that, you know, we, we really hold God back in the sense that we choose uh, oftentimes to hang on to whatever sin we have. We might know we have it. Maybe we think God can't do anything about it because it's so bad and it's so deep. Nobody can fix it. But I am here to tell you it's just been absolutely amazing. And when God makes us free, we are free indeed. And he goes to the root of the issue. Our issues can happen in the womb. One of my issues you know, from my mother that she gave me. I didn't know it. I passed it along to my daughter. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know anything about it. So the first thing is we need to get to the root of the problem, find out why do I do this, why do I do that. And then, like the word says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And I think because God is humble, he wants us to humble ourselves so that he can lift us up out of the muck and mire. But we have a part to play. And for me, it was realizing I was the issue, you know. So it made it easier for me to share that because just you made us laugh at ourselves. And that's a good thing to do, but don't, don't think of it as being funny to where you don't want to do anything about it. But we all have issues, and we are all in the same race. We have to help each other because we have an enemy of our soul. And we we have to try to look at each other with God's eyes because if we don't, every one of us can find fault with every other person in here, and that's not what it's about. So I just thank God. I praise him. I give him the glory for being able to see my sweetheart for who he really is. I love you, honey, and I am so sorry. But it's done. Amen? Amen.
0: Now this is a bub. Is it the same one? How do you know? You don't see the picture? It's bigger? Oh, you can see that fall man. You got good eyes, huh? This is what they call a daffodil. It's a different different flower comes up. Steel is a what? Steel is a bub. Now, daffodil we're gonna call today. This is the the third one. I said we're gonna do three issues. Uh, the daffodil we're going to call allowing our flesh to have control. Allowing our flesh to have control. We don't want our flesh to have control, do we? No, we don't want that to happen. See? We don't want it to happen. And so, we're going to make sure that it's not going to happen. I think well, let's go to First Corinthians probably chapter nine, verse 24. Let's go there and see what it says that we might be able to glean from. It says, "Do you not know that those who run the race all run, but only one receives the prize?" Run in such a way that you may win. So it's making a metaphor with athletics running a foot race. Everyone who competes in the games, whether it be the Olympic Games or whatever games, exercise self-control. Okay? Self-control. Another word would be restraint. 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 Okay. not indulging our desires and passions, allowing them to cross a line. If you're an athlete, you're going to use self-control, supposedly, in all things. Then they do it, they then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. Therefore, I run in such a way as not to, not without aim, I box in such a way, not to be beaten the air, but I, this word is important, discipline. I discipline my body and make it my slave. I discipline my body, my flesh, to make it my slave so that after I have proclaimed or preached to others, I myself might not be disqualified. Now, that's very important. Very important. Because if we look over in Galatians chapter 5, we see a lot of things over in chapter 5. Uh, we see in verse 16, it says, "...but I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh." For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please or you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. Then it starts naming all these deeds of the flesh. And some of these things, I tell you, we're going to have to dig up. Some of these bulbs, we're going to have to dig up. Because some of us, I know... Uh, Fall in some of these categories, and we all probably fell into them uh, before we were saved. But now we have been set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we are free, but we also said, according to uh, the Word of God uh, in in the Corinthians, that all things are lawful to me, but not all things are profit. All all things are lawful to me, but I will not be mastered by anything. I'm not going to be mastered. By anything. Okay? It's in Corinthians it says that. Not going to be mastered by anything. And so I'm not going to allow my flesh to have its way. Another scripture says that there is some good in the flesh. What does it say? No good thing in the flesh. There is no good things in in the flesh. There is If I ask you, what what is no in Spanish? (laughs) No. What is it in Russian? What is it in Greek? What is it in Latin? No, no good thing in the flesh. None, zilch, zero, goose egg, nothing in the flesh. Okay? Meaning that we know that if you don't have a body you're going to not be in this world. Uh, but he's talking about as far as this nature is concerned that we inherited from Adam, there's no good thing in it. Okay? Uh, these messages I'm, I'm teaching is leading up to Freedom Weekend. I purposely haven't given us anything uh, to say, okay, give me some practical application on how we're going to you know, do this, how we're going to do that. Okay? Uh, we'll do that uh, during the Freedom Weekend and then this, the message after Freedom Weekend uh, after the guest speaker leaves we'll give you a closing message on the how to on these things but I'm telling you we don't want to get involved in these things and then we become mastered by it What is anger I don't care, jealousy, strife, I don't care what it is. We're not going to do it. And we could, we could name so many things that people do, can't we? There's flesh. How about pornography? Is that one of them? Yeah, is this one. How about gaming? You know how, how people, they, they, some people, they sit up, I mean, all night long, and they, they're like they're addicted to gaming. They can be addicted to a lot of different things, can't we? How about food? well. Hmm? <laughs> Rebecca, come up and give me a, a six a second. Tell the congregation what you're doing. OK?
2: In the relationship with it. And so we wanted to start out, kind of jump-start ourselves by doing a cleanse. I don't know if you've heard of the 10-day smoothie cleanse with by J.J. Smith. It's a book, and I remember when my coworkers started. They started before I did because I was going to go to a conference and I couldn't. I could not guarantee that I was going to be able to do that <coughs> um, out of town. Um, so when they were starting it, they were all excited. I remember feeling inside like there is no way that I could commit myself to doing to eating smoothies for 10 days, um, and there were some modifications that you could do. I mean, you could eat a salad, certain things, um, and I remember just feeling like, how in the world am I going to do this? But I said, they were all excited. I said, okay, I'm excited, too. It was just my internal struggle, like, whatever. Um, so <laughs> so the time came for me to start, because they had already done it for five days, and I was thinking, oh, wow, I got to do this thing now. I'm pretty competitive so uh, that kind of helped jumpstart my my um, goal or my you know wanting to achieve it and so day one came and I remember feeling like okay you know this I got this I could do this um, and day one was actually great I felt energized and everything and then as time went on I started to feel a little good you know better and and there were moments where I felt oh god this is this is <laughs> what in the world am I doing here I mean, it was a challenge, and so through that, I decided, I was like, Lord, okay. He was starting to reveal some things to me through this challenge, and one of those things was um, the lack of self-control. You know, as a single lady, I have total control over my money. (laughs) You know, no one's there to tell me where to spend it. No one's there to tell me where to go, what to eat, what to do. It is all up to me. It is my decision that I make. And I have always cherished that decision. And so sitting in there listening to the Lord about this and him telling me, Rebecca, you have to monitor yourself. You have to control yourself. This is, this is not good. You know, and I thought, oh gosh, okay. This challenge is revealing more to me than it, than it was, you know, than, than the challenge in itself. And so it just, it just made me take a look inside my heart. Um, and to try to make some changes in my life and actually let the Lord be the one to lead me in that. Um, there's no guilt here. You know, I, if I eat something that's out of line, I'm not saying, oh, God, oh, this is, that's not what this is. Um, it's just a matter of saying, you know, let me take this this bulb and try to dig it up. Um, I have not arrived. I am a work in progress, but I will say this, that I, I, Having knowing, now knowing that that is an issue that I need to address I can't go back I can't go back as if I hadn't heard that from the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you with that today.
0: God. If we keep going in Galatians chapter 5 after you get through with the the, uh, the deeds of the flesh it'll say that the fruit of the spirit are these and one of them is temperance which is Self-control. Self-control. We need to pull up. We need to pull up this bulb, this lack of self... you know. In other words, we're allowing our flesh to have control. More than it should, in areas that it shouldn't have control, God is saying, I want you to dig this bulb up, because it's going to produce after it's kind, a, and if you don't have this thing under control, this flesh under control, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. Okay? In areas that, in different areas. So, I know that I can, I want to do like Paul, I want to keep under my body and bring it into subjection, at least by any means that you know, when I preach to others, I might be disqualified. I don't want to be disqualified from proclaiming the good news of the gospel and just tell people, hey, you can get this thing under control. You can do this thing because if you give your life to Jesus Christ, one of the, one of the uh, advantages of it, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and the influence that he has over you is called fruit. And that fruit manifests in love, joy, peace. But one of them is self control you can have self-control. You can deal with this thing. And, and how can we do that when we don't have self-control? So I don't want to, I don't want to proclaim God's message to others. And, and I don't have self-control. And I would have self-control in some areas. You have self-control in some areas. We all have self-control in a lot of areas. But there might be one area... Like Rebecca said, this area right here—I didn't think it would made of it. I mean, hey, you know? I mean, what's wrong? I mean, what I eat just because I go out and eat at McDonald's or go out and eat a lot—I mean, that's not sin. Well, if God says that He doesn't want His temple, you know, that way, and He wants you to get this thing under control, He wants you to eat more healthy because He has a call on your life to do something, and this call going to last for years and years. Then you don't want to, you don't want to leave this earth sooner than you're supposed to because you have a job to do before God and God, you want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You completed your task and so come on home. You want, you want to be here to finish it. And we can't be here to finish it if this temple is not under control. Okay. So what, what is, what is your bulb? That you need to dig up in self-control. What bubble do you need to dig up? I don't know. That's between you and God. Okay? All I'm saying is that is a bub, And that's what God says that self-control is an area that the body of Christ needs to hear. Let's stand.